Hi, I'm August. I'm Mercer. I'm Afi. I'm Adam. I'm Ava. So many A names. <laughs> I am Jess. Welcome back to the periphery and happy Valentine's Day, guys. Happy Valentine's Day, lovers. Are you guys fans of Valentine's Day? I'm indifferent. Ooh. Gotta be honest, I forgot it was Valentine's Day. <laughs> it makes me anxious every time. Fair enough. Oh my god, I totally forgot I'm going on a friend's date with one of my friends from college. He was like, yo, there's like Valentine's restaurant week basically in San Francisco. Do you want to be like my basic boyfriend for the week? I was like, sure, let's do it. <laughs> so this year I love Valentine's Day. I take it back. If it isn't obvious, today we are talking about love, specifically the pursuit of love online. All right, we're going to do something this episode that we have not done weirdly, insanely, since our first episode. And let's talk to you all on the periphery. This, this episode, we went around to various people on our campuses and our lives and just asked them about their experiences on the dating apps. Are you on them? How old are you? What's your experience been? Any thoughts? Check it out. All right, here we are. We're at Stanford's Courtyard. Um, this is kind of impromptu, but just say your age and you, whether or not you're on dating apps and kind of your experiences on them. Okay. I'm 23. I'm not on a dating app. My friends are. She's been looking for people in Brooklyn, New York. The options are slim. I'll be very honest. The age range she's looking at, 23 to 28, it seems like everybody has the same personality now. I don't know if they're trying to build the same type of person on the dating app. She's on Hinge for context. And what's the other one? For we're black people. No, it's just the one. So yeah, she's on BLK and Hinge. Hinge has better options. She has seen. BLK has been giving your cousins. You know. You know what I'm saying. But then. Oh my God! No, I know exactly what you're saying. Um, but the options on Hinge have been promising. She says she's gone on good first dates. I want to say on average, maybe like. 2.5 dates would be the max for people she finds. Okay. Um, but they do do a good job. What are those, the standouts? Hinge does a really good job doing like standouts. So they find people based on everything you've put in that you would like yeah. and then sending them your way. So you might not have seen them yet on your like screen, but they know that you're going to see them eventually and like them. And her standouts have had like way more success than whatever she's finding on a regular. When you say the options are better, what are the options? What are the differences? Uh so I feel like at least from what she's put in, so she's putting like her education level, her interests, I don't know, career options, stuff like that. On Hinge, it really feels like, I don't know what their algorithm is, but it feels like they're trying their best to match whatever her criteria is. Or is it feels like there's no way on BLK that she put the same criteria in and is getting the exact same options. <laughs> like, it's, it's, the math isn't mathing, but I do think it's more so like those personal descriptors where it's like, tell me something your friends would describe you as. Or like, it feels like people are trying to be like witty, but they almost, it's like everyone has the same Twitter jokes that are now in their hinge yeah. descriptors. It's but that like TikTok, a trend on Yes, like. but like now it's everyone's bio sounds like. Um, and the, I think the photos are also, there's always gonna be one gym photo, a photo on a boat with a friend and a grab photo. Like that's been, everybody had the same. Those three are on every single profile. Um, I mean, like, they're good photos, but I think it's like, they want you to know like, I work out, I'm educated. Here's and I got my money. friends. I got money. Yeah. And that's what I feel like. But granted, this is also Brooklyn, New York, which I think like those are that's a certain demographic as well. And that could be why she's getting the same type. What like what's her hit rate in dating or from like matching to dating? So I think that people are trying to look at people's interests and yeah. pick a first date based on that to kinda of go out of the box for restaurants. But I think that's really what she decides if she's gonna go on a second date. Did he make me laugh? 
did I feel like we had some type of chemistry and did it feel like he matched the vibe I caught from his profile? And I think sometimes people like some like their friend helps them make their account, but that's not really how they talk in real life. How often do they how often do they match the vibe? She said, I don't, she said she's like 60% that's success pretty good. rate. For that's that's pretty good. Yeah, but also I think I asked her, is she looking for something super serious right now? And she said no. And so I think that could also impact how often people get a second date. Back to you. You're not on dating yes, apps. Not. Have you ever been on dating apps? I've never been on a dating app. Why? Um, I, I think generally like my social media presence, I always feel like uncomfortable trying to get to know people without meeting them in person first. So I've never done that. I just happened to meet my boyfriend while we were still in undergrad. So it was just easier. I feel like I was just always around people all the time and meeting new people. So I never went to like an app to do it. But I don't know if I was in a relationship now, it seems like Hinge of all of them has had the best success. Alexis, do you like them? Do you not like them? What's worked? Okay, I'm not against dating apps, but I feel like they don't work. They don't work. <laughs> I'm not gonna get rid of them, but they don't work. I have found maybe two people that are potential candidates on dating apps. Otherwise, I've gone on good dates, got a good meal, you know, nothing wrong with that. <laughs> um, but I don't love them. You don't love them. So you're, not, you're obviously not the first person to complain about the apps that way. I think we should start taking one step back. Um, how do you identify? I identify as a black woman. I am cisgender and I am straight. Do those identities affect who you look for on dating apps? Yeah, I think I've played a lot around, especially with like my um, race in the people that I'm looking for. I think I've played around a lot with that. I think that affects who I'm interested in dating. And I think that it affects like the algorithm and like who selects me as well. So when you are using the apps, are you consciously looking for flags? You can tell a lot about someone's culture and also just where they are in life. And I think that I use those flags a lot. Like for example, where people are employed, I still use that. It may be controversial, but I just think that at this point in life, like as a black woman who will likely be paid a high salary, I've seen that in my own family, how that was like very destructive to have a woman who was about her business and someone who wasn't as secure in that. So if I was dating someone who made less than me, I would need to date someone very emotionally secure. Um, so that's something I look for. I think culturally, it's kind of hard to tell sometimes like what someone values culturally, but I think that um, their pictures can kind of show you that. If their pictures are a lot of them partying or a lot of them with um, different, like they don't have any other interests, I think you can tell that as well. Uh, for those of you listening, Alexis has been making fun of me and my limited interests. So apparently we need more than sports, guys. Um, yeah, he has two, but, two total. <laughs> two total. I like to be outside. I like skiing. I like to surf. Um, we need to get you into an art interest. Alexis, I am colorblind. <laughs> like, Even better. That's better. Well, so you said something that I thought was really interesting. It sounds like what you're looking for, there are obviously face value items of similar race mm -hmm. and dare I say similar uh, socioeconomic status or mm -hmm. reaching towards the same goal. But beyond that, there has to not only be an emotional connection, but an ability to be vulnerable and ability to be comfortable, especially with the fact that you might make more money. Yeah. The apps can't gauge that. 
And if that's something that we're willing to take a risk on, is it fair to say that in your experience, the apps are a safe screener for at least getting the face value items, right? Yeah, I think the apps only give you face value item. And I'm a girl who I don't care if I ask someone on a date, I will tell you to text me and ask me for drinks or dinner um, if you're interested because I want to know you straight up. I'm not someone who FaceTime or call screens like a lot of my friends. Like they will not go on a date until they FaceTime or called someone. I will just go on the date. Maybe that's risky in New York City, but I just think that you can't really tell if you're going to be interested until someone until you're face to face. So as someone though who uses the apps, but then also values face-to-face interactions, I think what so many people complain about is that the apps just offer this endless supply. And so you're faced with endless hypothetical opportunities. Especially in the city. Especially in the city. There's so many people here, but then you also almost have the pressure of like needing to go out and meet so many people. Mm -hmm. How do you deal with that? So meeting different people out and then also meeting people on the apps. Well, I think if you're faced with so many opportunities on your phone, yeah, that's great, but that's all in your head. Yeah. So you have to like actually go out and go out in the world. And that, I mean, that takes time. Yeah. So if the apps are giving you all of these hypothetical options, exactly. how do you balance that? I think that the apps actually allow you to manage your time better. I know that sounds so administrative about dating, but like in my first year of law school, I barely was able to go on a lot of dates. So I used the dating apps as like a huge screener. I was like, that's not worth it. This is worth it. That's not worth it. But now that I have more time in my second year of law school, I've just been going on more dates because I think that you can, like I said, face-to-face is really important. I do kind of screen, but I don't screen as hard as I used to. So that's kind of how I balance it. I can't tell if this helps the sort of, um, I guess, appearance of Columbia Law students because we either use dating apps as another productivity tool or one out of our school is like too brutal we don't have time. That is so terrible. <laughs> but look, you guys, uh, you guys heard it here first. So it's kind of sounds mean, but there's a lot of people that the apps don't work for. Yeah. You sound like you have success on the apps and yes. not that those ultimately lead to connections, yeah. but that you get that first meeting. How do you do it? Okay. Just go on a date. Honestly, if like the conversation goes too long for me on Hinge itself, if we're not moving out of Hinge in like six messages, I'm no longer responding. I want to go in and out. Like if I don't feel like we're not, don't put in and out, but if we're not moving, um, if we're not moving offline, I just don't think that there's probably potential there or you're not serious enough to move it there. Maybe some people are, maybe I missed some opportunities, but I think I get the good opportunities that I enjoy, so. Yeah, no, I mean, that's awesome. I think, I think it's fair to say that, you know, you use the app in a very directional and purposeful way. Mm-hmm. Um, with all of that, you know, we're sitting here in 2023, we're sort of hopefully on like, it's, COVID seems like it's really ending, we're yeah. on the other side of that now. People complain about algorithms dictating like our dating lives, but candidly, you're really busy and it actually sounds like these apps have worked out for you. So what do we think? Thumbs up or thumbs down? I think it's a thumbs up. It gives you more opportunities to go on dates. If you don't have time or you don't meet people out in the wild, then you have an opportunity to date them through the dating app. So it's not too bad. You guys heard it here first. Modern woman using the apps (laughs) to their potential. 
I uh, shamelessly support my friends. Alexis has a killer podcast. Alexis, what's your podcast? It's Black Girls at the Bar. If you guys want to check out Black Girls at the Bar, find it on anywhere else you listen to your podcast. Thanks so much. Thanks, y'all. Here we are again at Stanford. Oh, yeah. It'd be five minutes. (laughs) We go outside if you want to. Um, Up to you. No, it's fine. Okay. All right. Uh, Just say your name. Or no, not your name. We don't want your name. Just say your age and just, like, your experience on dating apps. Hi, um, I'm 27. Uh, I use dating apps for, I don't know, um, off and on for, like, six or seven years. Sounds about right. Same. <laughs> yeah. Um, my experience with them, uh, they're not that great. I don't find them to be quite useful. I think they're generally a waste of time, which is funny. Why? Well, I think for the most part, um, there's not a lot of follow through. Um, I also think that especially in the gay community, because physicality is prioritized over other things, that uh, it leads to a lot of shallow interactions as well as uh, negative impacts on mental health and self-worth. It's funny that I do say this, though, because um, my first real long-term relationship was from tinder oh i mean same well okay so is it app specific or are there certain apps that lead towards this culture more than other apps like hinge versus tinder versus a third one versus a fourth <laughs> one you know the mini gay apps in the world yeah <laughs> uh i think you know what the third one is uh grinder is definitely the most toxic um and then i think there's just different usages for other ones like bumble is the one that supposedly you can is use for friends but it, there is Gumble, yes. I didn't know that. Um, you can technically use it for friends. I don't know how successful that has been for people. Uh, Tinder has kind of become a hookup thing, and then Hinge pretends to not be. And I guess yeah. that veneer can be helpful. It definitely, when I've gone on dates on Hinge, it's definitely more relationship-focused, it seems, than... Although... You said well, veneer, and I don't think that's totally wrong. The thing is, you can, like, specify exactly whether or not you want that yeah. or not. And to be sure, it could be a false representation. But it's not always. So you say you go on and off. Why? What, what brings you on and what takes you off? Uh, Kind of a cycle of, like... Um, Dating is fun. Yeah. Lots of aspects of dating are fun. I like meeting people, but then it gets frustrating and annoying, and then I f- realize I'm wasting my time with it, and then yeah. I get rid of it, but then I'm like, dating is fun. Dating is fun. And it's just a cycle. But um, now I am... Relationship. Yeah, exactly. And so now I don't have them. No, now you just date one person, which is very fun. Kind of. <laughs> anyway, I think that's all we need. All right. This is probably going to be the last guest for the podcast, but just give me your age if, if you're fine and comfortable with that. I'm 76. 76. And then just, you know, we're doing an episode on dating apps. We, we all have differing opinions on the four of us on the podcast, and we feel kind of weird about dating apps generally. So I just love to kind of hear dating before the apps. You know, just how did you meet your husband? Uh, what, was da- what, was, what, what was dating culture like then? 10th grade in high school. Where about? In Israel. And... How did how, how did he get, how did who courted who? What was the culture of dating then? You know, what did other people? How did other people date as well? 
like, um, well, different than they date now as teenagers. That's true. <laughs> Not many 10th graders meeting their husbands or wives. Right, right. Um, I don't know, we were in the same classes. Mm -hmm. We did homework together. Yeah. We went to movies. And we have went out with friends. Um, we didn't drink and didn't smoke, neither one of us. And as I say, we were together since 10th grade. And my, our, we have two kids. And they said, wow, you grew up in the 60s and you didn't do nothing? So boring. <laughs> That's, that can't be true. You've been married that long. It's been some ups and downs. Not true. Ups and downs? Oh, yeah. Like Exciting ones. Sorry. Okay. I mean, that's good enough. Do you think dating now is better then or, or, or now? Or What are your observations about the pros and cons for dating? At, I, we have two kids. Who, my daughter is 50 and my son is 47. And they dated. Um, my daughter got divorced when her marriage didn't go well, and now they have teenage kids. So my grandkids are teenagers. My granddaughter is uh, just started freshman year at one of the universities on the East Coast, and um, on the Syracuse, and. Uh, my husband asked her, do you drink? She said, I'm taking the fifth. <laughs> and he asked, do you smoke? He said, I'm taking the fifth. Those are yeses. Tell me about it. <laughs> and, um, and my husband, you know, pushed, the grandfather pushed. And she said, I'm a college student. And that was it. I love it. Thank you so much. I really, really, I really appreciate you being here for your time. All right, good Check out our podcast. Great conversations. Shout out to Afi and Adam for really getting your boots on the ground this episode to talk to some members of the community. <laughs> um, you know I love I talking like, to the community. Of course. I feel like my takeaway, my general takeaway from these talks is that dating apps don't work, but they're fun, but only for a while. Like it's like, it's like an entertainment a tool for entertainment more than like a tool for like legitimate pairing or it's more of like definitely like a short-term fun as compared to like a long-term relationship like you don't typically find that on the dating app like it works in the short term but not necessarily in the long term i disagree with both of you i think honestly it's not a date. always it's confrontational off you. i know i know well i think the older lady made me just think about what's happening here in a different way especially because she wasn't on apps, especially because of how her daughter's relationships played out, who I would assume did not play it on apps. I think successful relationships, at least long-term, enduring ones, if that's how we define successful, are a bit out, is an outdated understanding of relationships. We have more options, literally, whether we're on an app or not, because people don't need to be in relationships to have a livelihood. And I think a lot of like what's actually going on here is relationships in 2023 aren't contingent 
or necessary for having a roof, for having food, for being provided for, uh, in a way that women have more options, in a way that men have more options. And so it kind of just makes me think we should have an outdated, outdated understanding of successful relationships, and maybe we should like adjust. And we're just seeing that play out through apps, but you know, our parents' generations had a ton of divorces, and you know, they were not on apps. Our generation has a ton of you know temporal relationships. So, Good point. Like know. the goals might be different, but I did hear a number of times the basic sentiment: they don't work. I have to say, I was a. Uh so impressed with Alexis's honesty. Um, her intention with epic. her intention. Yeah, Alexis, if you're using this, uh, listening to this huge shout out to you, but her intention using these apps, it's a screener. I mean, she's very specifically going through these apps to say, looking around similar lines of race, culture, socioeconomic class. I mean, that was great. I mean, to really hear from her, no job status, what you work, what you're doing. Not only is that something that I'm looking for, but by presenting the information about myself, I mean, she's a student at Columbia Law School. She'll be working at an awesome firm. She's also letting you know that this is my plan and that's something you have to be comfortable with. And I think that actually, I mean, that could save her a ton of time. And I hate to talk about this in terms of efficiency, but I do think the apps have sort of played this role for the almost resume items. You can click and check for no i kind of agree i wanted to bring up a point that i found during research that said like 49 percent of people said it was somewhat easy to find people who shared their hobbies or interests and i think that kind of connects back to what you were saying about how it gets like right off the bat you can kind of know if this person is somebody that shares your interests and passions and that can immediately dictate if this is somebody that you're interested in pursuing a relationship with at this point, we experienced some technical difficulties, but I brought up a point saying something along the lines of this dating app, or not dating app, this app that's taken Stanford by storm called Fizz, where it's pretty anonymous, yet people still use it to date. And I have this fantasy app that I'd love to see work out where all you get is the person's voice and some responses, and you don't see them until the first date. But... I don't remember what else I said, but I think that's a gist, and I think that's good enough to get the context for where we go now. Yeah, the looks the looks comes in in a huge way, and I think <clears throat> this is an interesting topic. Like, I, I I don't know if someone was mentioning like, oh, everyone has the same three photo uh, like three photos. It's like on a boat with a friend or whatever. There's a kind of like sense I think in the Midwest like friends would complain that all boys have like fish photos <laughs> um but i was reading about um like experts in this field like psychologists call this impression management you know like what photo you're gonna put out there and technology as like this great equalizer and like you could anyone can make themselves look better and there are like proven proven aspects of photos like profile photos that prove successful and there's like a there's like seven, seven things. Actually, this is a hot tip. Seven things that make your profile photos more effective. You guys wanna, wanna hear them? Go for it. Yes. Okay. Number one, wear a dark color. Which, thoughts on that? Like, <laughs> weird. These are scientifically proven. I've okay. never heard of that before. Number I don't two. know. Number two, post a head to waist shot. 
so no legs that's actually kind of a popular thing now a lot of people are always like take a photo of me hip up so yeah really yeah it's it's a thing they've got their thumb on the pulse number three make sure the jawline has a shadow but no shadow on hair or eyes Yo, there's no this is like too i feel like this is too niche i don't know um number four this one is interesting i think don't obstruct the eyes like don't wear sunglasses and this is because people are so stressed about like judging someone's authenticity and they have so little to go off of they need to like look in your inanimate eyes and see if they trust you <laughs> that okay we're good that is actually hilarious number five don't be wait, wait, hold on, Jess. I, I don't mean to interrupt you wait, wait. I don't, no you're I, don't, I, have, I have a question is okay. it not okay. possible to change eye color like you can change eye color no it 100 percent is so, oh, so okay 100 is there like a dominant color here like i feel like this is a scheme i don't know it doesn't say but no sunglasses number five don't be overtly sexy number six smile and show your teeth i'm sorry but no. did it say don't be overtly sexy that yeah is we're just yep <laughs> <laughs> so does this mean don't try so hard? Because I kind of feel like if you're a straight up 10 and you try really hard, you're fine. I don't think a 10 needs to try. I think you do. I think there needs yeah. to be like going back like, to like the, like well, like going back to like the three same photos, you know, like there's some people who just like post the gym photo, right? And like they're clearly just show, trying to show off like their body and like, which like, I mean, everyone has the right to show whatever photos they want, but I feel like it's kind of like, you're trying to impress people without like actually showing your like authenticity like it's just kind of like conforming sure. to like all the other photos that people put out there um and it's like you're not really being super humble or approachable like you're just trying to be like some super attractive like icon on a dating app you know that people can't really approach so then it's just like oh like they're too good for me i guess you could no, I agree because I have had friends who go on dating apps and once they see like a guy who just posts a mirror photo of them like shirtless they're like Get that you out of my left. sight. Yeah. <laughs> Afi, are you going to steel man this? No, I agree. You agree? I don't, I, <laughs> no, but, okay, here's the thing. If these apps... You're going to steel man this. <laughs> I'll steel man this. I, I, gym picks are obviously, no one likes them. They're a hard no-go. But I do think this gets to a problem with the apps where people are looking for looks. And every item that we've talked about they're emphasizing what a person looks like in a photo, how they'll be judged totally from appearance. Um, and when it's just swiping through, I mean, if you have this on your phone, it's like a deck of cards. You can go almost go through an infinite amount of them. Oh, yeah. You're really just seeing like the looks. And so on one hand of like the spectrum, like fine, like gym, <laughs> gym pictures are absolutely no go. I don't want to be confused. I'm like not defending them. But that is also sort of a very authentic take at what these apps are doing. It definitely mirrors reality, though. Like, there are all sorts of studies showing how attractiveness is, like, the single most important feature and, like, the halo effect and what people will put up with when they, like, perceive their partner as being attractive. Although it's definitely amplified because, like, you have so much less, like, bad input that you're getting to, like, be the deal breaker. So I think you probably put up, like and fill in the blanks of like natural conversation breaks with like you imagining them, them doing something attractive as opposed to like them being themselves. Well, also like going back to the marriage pact, which is mentioned in the episode, um, that is like a whole, so it's like a survey of like 40 plus questions to like get to know someone better essentially. 
And I feel like it definitely assesses your personality very well. Like the algorithm is exceptional. But I think that like going back to what Adam was saying, like the attractiveness, like I think that is like really key. And I think that's like really important to have in a dating app just because most of the people that I know who have had, you know, conversations with their marriage packs, like of course they get along personality wise because you're putting your personality out there. The algorithm is understanding your personality based on how you're responding to these questions. And then they match you with someone who you have like a 99% compatibility with. And so obviously you're going to get along with them as a friend because you guys are both compatible. But then the attractive element, that kind of falls through because you just don't know what they look like. And so when you meet in person, I haven't really met anyone with like a successful marriage pack. I did actually, I, there is, I've heard that someone on campus was like, like kind of dating someone before doing the marriage pact and then they did it and they both like got matched with each other but that's just like one case out of like all the other people who did it not sure exactly the numbers on how many people did the marriage pact here but most stanford students did it and it seemed like the consensus was of course i'm compatible with this person i'm like friends with them but they just don't see that romantic interest all right guys i let us go a bit longer but that's because you all just have such great perspectives. But we have to finish. Well, this we episode. can cut it down. You guys, you have to get the last two tips. The the audience needs this to up their <laughs> okay, game. Yes. Okay, okay. I'm okay. doing a public Give us the last service two tips here. And then we're shutting it down. Okay. Guys. Um, number six: smile and show your teeth, but no laughing. <laughs> <laughs> number seven is squinch. You guys know this word? S Q U I N C H. Look it up. It's like when your eyelids are like partially. Is it like this? It's like a little less than squinting. Okay, I will say this list is this list is very. I would say, uh, you know, I think more most applicable for straight people on dating apps. I'm thinking of Grinder in particular. You definitely want to be sexy on Grinder. Just not over. It didn't say don't be sexy. It said don't be overtly. No. Okay. Okay. You want to whatever it said. You definitely want to be overtly sexy on Grinder. Also, credit where credit is due. This I got this list from a book, The Cyber Effect, written by Mary Aiken, PhD. Cool. Well, I think we've done it, you guys. What do you think? Can I? Can I? Can I actually say something? And we can cut this out. I think we missed a really crucial part that we should include. I think we kind of need to talk about how all of these apps are owned by like a single group. And so when people talk about these unifying experiences, part of that is because the person who designs the algorithms is really the same holding company. Right. Yeah. No, is that maybe that's not important. I don't know. No, it's important. And you just said it. And so we'll keep it in. But it, it's true. People ex- people like perceive their first few weeks on these apps as successful, and I think it's because they're like shiny new features that are supposed to be targeting a different market. But then after like a month, they're like, "Wait, these are all the same, and they don't really like do anything different for me." Even when I'm paying the pre-paid premium features. Well, thank you all for listening, and listen to us wherever you find your podcasts. Uh, Make sure to give us a like, a follow, and a review if you can. And we'll see you all next week. And happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. And give our freshman Adam and Mercer some love for doing two great episodes. Thank you. I mean, did I say Adam? (laughs) I meant Ava, Ava and Mercer. Too many A names, like you said, Jess. Okay. Bye.